Welcome to Runway Walks, Current Talks, your weekly podcast that examines luxury fashion through an affordable vocabulary. We are your hosts, Liz and Whitney. Hi, Liz. Nice to see you again. Hi. I know we actually got to see each other like in person yesterday. It was so nice. <laughs> Not just on a FaceTime call. So exciting. I know, I know it. And like we talk every week, but it was like so nice for Mike and Nick to get to see each other and all of that. Yeah. So, it was catch so up. And I know. We had like, know, a little outdoor great. dinner and enjoy company and, and mosquitoes. It's oh still my that gosh, time so many mosquitoes. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Mike got to break out his new bug zapper. He thing. was so proud of it. So proud it's of it. so funny. We still haven't found the right location to where it's effective um, without being obnoxious, but it's fine. We'll work on that. For sure. But it was, it was super fun. <laughs> Every once in a while, I would like scare the shit out of all of us. Exactly. <laughs> we were like, oh, what is that? And it was like, oh, wait, a mosquito just died in this like black light zapper. <laughs> It was really funny, but it was really, really fun to get to see each other. So I know it was awesome. And you guys got to see the nursery. Yes, it looks so cute. It looks so good. It's very chic, oh, of course. Thank you. I'd like to think that I was able to incorporate some kid aspects without it being just too kid-like. It, it maintains a certain level of um, sophistication and chic. It does, but I would expect nothing less. <laughs> <laughs> it's fair. And I, I mean, doesn't stuff. every baby dream of having a black accent wall? I mean, come on. I mean, I would hope. But I love that you guys have like stuff from like you guys' childhood in it. It's like you guys have some new stuff. And I, of course, I love looking through all the clothes. I was like looking at every single little baby item. Baby clothes are <laughs> so cute. She's building quite um, an impressive wardrobe. I mean, we've got some, she, some she nice pleather quite, pieces in there for her. Quite the collection. She's got a few designer things. It's going to be fun. It's getting close. Okay, so I feel like we have a lot to cover today. So let's just go ahead and get into our style snacks. All right, I'm going to kick it off with a really um, sad kind of way to start. But Gucci heir Alexandra Zarini has filed a lawsuit against her former stepfather and also against her mother and grandmother, um, alleging uh, child abuse um, in child sexual abuse um, at the hands of her former stepfather, Joseph Ruffalo. So he was a music manager. Um, and she, in this lawsuit, she's kind of um, alleging that he did this for years, kind of starting when she was about six years old um, and continued until she was about 22. And the things that she describes, like, it's horrifying. It's just so heartbreaking and traumatizing. Um, but then the lawsuit is also claiming that her mother, Patricia Gucci, and her grandmother knew about the abuse for years and did um, and tried to silence her, basically, um, kind of threatening to cast her like out of the family, like no one would want to have anything to do with her, that she could lose everything. Um, and they just kind of tried to keep her quiet and groom her for this sexual abuse. So it's just horrifying. Awesome. So, so awful. Um, the New York Times did a story on it and kind of covered it in detail. And it's it's like really, it's hard to read. So on the decision to go public, she decided that um, she kind of wanted to come forward after having her own child about four years ago. 
And also after hearing that Mr. Ruffalo was volunteering at a children's hospital in Los Angeles. So his camp is saying that that was not true, that he's not volunteering, but still regardless, like the thought just kind of, Oh, just catches you. Um, Kind of like chills down. Exactly. And she's saying, you know, that she's not interested in the attention, but she just, she wants, she wants it to stop and that she's going to plan on using any of the proceeds that she gains. Um, to pay for lawyer's fees, but then everything else is going to go towards a foundation that she's starting to end child sexual abuse. So really heavy stuff, but I think that it's important that, you know, she's coming forward and sharing her story and, um, you know, doing her best to kind of move forward with her life and kind of get justice. Yeah, for sure. Well, I feel like we should bring it back up a little bit. Very, very heartbreaking, but we have some other Fortunately, we have some some other kind of fun things to talk about um, aside from that. Um, so something that I thought was really uh, was really fun this last week that Victoria Beckham Beauty announced. Um, so Victoria Beckham put this video out on her beauty account because she has this whole beauty line. It's awesome, by the way, um, about bringing Posh back to life because as we all know, she was posh <laughs> resurrecting spice. Posh. Yeah, in um, in the nineties, and as part of being one of the Spice Girls. Um, so I little nod to her being a Spice Girl. She has announced nine new shades of lipstick. Um, this posh line that she is debuting on her, on her beauty website. They're really cute. They're really fun. And she did this whole thing about how she's always felt a strong emotional connection to lipstick and how this collection personifies her journey to being the woman she is today. And each, 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 each shade she created kind of represents a certain, um, look that she had in the past when she was a Spice Girl. So it's just a really fun, playful thing, kind of a nod to the 90s. Um, so there are eight neutral shades. Um, fringe, of course, there's one called Spice. Um, pixie, Clay, Pose, Pout, Girl, and Sway. And then the bright red shade is called Pop. So super fun. I think it's fun and I love that she, because I feel like for a long time she kind of distanced herself from her Spice Girl Spice Girl image because she wanted to be taken yeah. very seriously. But I love that she's embraced it and kind of brought it back in and it's fun and it is like just such a part of her life and her story. So I think that it's wonderful that she's doing this. Me too. It's very cute. Okay. Well, we've got another fun collab that's going to be coming soon. Did you see that North Face is teaming up with Gucci? So yes, I did see this. And I think this is really interesting after North Face did a collab with Margiela. Was it last year or year before? Yeah. So this it's, is really kind of a turn it's from not, that. Yeah, it's not one that I would naturally pair together. I would together. not expect this. Yeah. No. And I mean, there's no details released yet. We don't know what it's going to look like. We don't know when it's going to come out. Just that it's going to be over the next kind of few months. But I don't know. Like, I don't know what to expect kind of mashing these two aesthetics together. Maybe like tracksuits or like windbreakers or something because Gucci's been doing that a little bit. No clue. We'll see what happens. It'll probably still be at Gucci prices just with North Face (laughs) Gucci written across it. Who knows? (laughs) I'm interested to see it though. Yeah. Um, Okay. So next, of course, we have a little bit of show news before we get into our uh, Milan shows today. But um, this last week, Rihanna debuted her Savage Fenty Volume 2 show, and it was nothing short of just an extravaganza. It was wild. This thing was big. It was huge. It was a 56-minute video on Amazon Prime. 
And everybody was in it. I mean, it was Travis Scott, Lizzo, Demi Moore, Cara Delevingne came back for this. Willa Smith, uh, Bella Paris Adney. Hilton. Yeah, Paris Hilton was in it. Laura Herrera, um, Christian Combs, Bad Bunny. Like it goes, the list goes on and on and on. Musical performances. There were behind the scenes um, of like how she created the show and collection, how it all came together. There were catwalks during it. There were dance performances, interviews. I mean, it was wild, crazy. Um, and it was kind of an ode to inclusivity. I mean, as she that she does that so well, you know, it doesn't really. She she is the queen of everybody is welcome here, and this is a space for everybody. And I just I really admire her for that. Um, the very last, I think it was like 10, 15 minutes of the video, and it was the longest. It was the longest scene to film was this workshop scene, and it was almost like this like bright green. The tables were green, the floor was green, all like the metal piping was all this bright green color. They had like a conveyor belt with dancers on it, gymnasts. Paris Hilton was just like chilling. Um, men's and women's uh, wear going on a turntable. I mean, it was crazy. All this crazy <laughs> choreography going on, and everybody was either in bright blue lingerie bright pink or black. Um, and it was just these like crazy color blocking against this bright green set. It was crazy. And then something that was really cool during the whole thing was that at any point during the video, you could click in the top left-hand corner and it would take you directly to all the new pieces on Amazon. So throughout, I mean, it's so smart. It goes so amazing. And then also during the video, if you would like turn your cursor over it, like swipe your cursor over the video, it would show you like who's in it, Who's performing? What song's playing? So if you like the song, you can go download it. If you didn't know who well, who was performing or who was singing or dancing, you could figure it out right then and there. It was it was pretty incredible. This is so smart on so many different levels. And I feel like this is kind of like the future of shopping. The ultimate see now, buy now. You want to know everything about it, like instant gratification. This was it. Yeah, it was it was pretty intense. Well, and everything is priced under ninety dollars, so everything mm-hmm. is really pretty affordable. I mean, she Rihanna really prides herself in in really being one for the people, everybody, and so I think she does a really really good job of that, all while performing herself, of course. Yeah. In it. she's in the interviews, she's singing, she's doing this. It was if you guys haven't seen it, you should take. A few, take a few minutes and just, go look at yeah, the spectacle. Even if you just skim through it, like it's 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 pretty incredible. So kudos to Rihanna. (laughs) Well, kind of in a completely opposite direction, we've got Moschino. I feel like we have to talk about this show because it was was so cool. It was so cool, but very different from (laughs) the the Savage Fenty show. Um, So (laughs) Jeremy Scott at Moschino decided that he was going to put on a runway show, but he wasn't going to use models. He was going to use puppets. So these little string puppets, like think like Pinocchio, he used them to create a front row, um, complete with all of the famous faces that you would expect to see, Anna Wintour, like Edward Innenfull, um, Hamish Bowles, so many, Inadilla Russo, like they were so cute. And these like, these mannequins, like these little puppets looked exactly like them. Mm-hmm. And then they had the models kind of, they mimicked them to walk down the front row or walk down the runway, do a little turn um, and model the outfits. And then they had all of the guests making reactions. So this was the cutest thing I thought. And it was just so fun. And they had like a mini Jeremy Scott 
And then afterwards, you could see all of the real life-size looks um, on actual human models. So it was just so fun to see like the little doll version compared to the big version. Um, and then I also thought that it was really cute that they sent the um, the puppets to the front rowers. So mm-hmm. like Hamish Bowles posted his on Instagram, like posing it like on his sofa and like doing different things. And it was so cute. Um, it was just, I thought really fun and creative. It's like, we've kind of seen like some of the, some of the paper dolls or other, you know, little ways that they were kind of using mini versions, but this was just a really cute way to kind of put it in motion. Leave it to Jeremy Scott to figure that out. Yeah. So So I thought it was really, really cute. All right. well, Well, do you want to kick us off with a show update? We've got to get into Game of Clothes. Sure. We have so many things to cover today at Game of Clothes. Um, okay, so first up for me, I'm going to quickly run you guys through my last show from London. Yeah, you left us on a cliffhanger. Know, yeah, my J.W. Anderson show. I loved my show as if it's like mine. Um, <laughs> they didn't show during London Fashion Week. They, they showed this video, as we talked about last week, of them like shopping through one of their stores and then announced, oh, wait, we're going to do our show next week, like the real thing. <laughs> okay, so... This was super cool, kind of similar to Jeremy Scott in a way because it was super different. Um, so this was J.W. Anderson's second show in a box that he, you know, shipped out this like box and you open it and it was actually really cool. There were these, these two like gold coins in the top of the box when you opened it and they actually opened the bolts to open the book. So it was like super hands-on, super kitschy. Very cool. Um, um, very cool concept. So... Also, he, so, um, just to backtrack a little bit, this whole thing was a video of J.W. Anderson himself in London, showing people how to open the book and then going through it, going through all the looks. Um, so you open the book and there's some, some pages that are like, like block coloring, like bright pinks, or then shades of pink and shades of green and shades of ivory and yellow that you could actually, they were all perforated. You could, could, um, take them out of the book. He had his all like hung up in like a little u-shape on his wall but then you could also um take the models out of the book not only could you take the models out of the book but he also had these like rectangular photos that were also perforated to be taken out of the book that's one of his friends had taken in Brittany earlier in the year and it was all these like um kind of like yellow leafy scenes of like a river or um a forest and so it was made for you to kind of create your own little set so you could put the models in front of these photos and stack them up it was create really your really own photo cool. shoot exactly so it was super super hands on um and it kind of gave people a way to be a part of it and yeah. not just have not just watch this video so it was yeah, just to a interact really cool thing it. it was really neat um and as far as the clothing goes, everything was entirely made from local resources in England. He really didn't go elsewhere because he wanted to keep it keep it local. Um, lots of puffy volume, of course, tailoring detailed as far as purport, purport, as far as proportions go. He's really good at that. You know, there was this like a lot of there were there were a lot of classics centered around the suit. Um, one look that I loved, I didn't really care for the color that much. It was like this bright bubblegum pink, and I love pink, but not like a fool's pink suit <laughs> but the silhouette of it was almost like a flared out waist and then mm-hmm. um almost like a like a like a um a workman pant 
So a very oversized pant with low pockets and this like flared waist. Really, just a really cool play on the suit. Um, a lot of exaggerated, exaggerated waistlines. Um, of course, culotte shorts. Um, just a really cool, really neat. Um, lots of 16th and 17th century inspiration as well as modern. So it was just kind of this interesting mix of of that bright yellows and sky blues and. Um, I thought it was really cute. I got done watching it and I watched it again because I wanted to like, see how they were all, all the little models were perforated to be cut out. It, it was just so, it was really, really neat. I thought it was a really fun concept. Very smart, again, like to bring the the people lucky enough to get a book, to bring them into the experience and get them interacting um, aside from just watching a video. So I thought that that was super smart. And I thought the collection was really beautiful too. I did too, I think. And especially coming off of, I mean, his like, chain shoe is like the shoe everybody yeah. wants right now like it's it's already been like restocked and sold out again so good for you jb anderson you're doing some good shit so as far as scoring though i, I had two positive reviews and i had two points for a video and still photos and four points so not one which is not a high score but <laughs> but it's not negative but still so, fun collection um, yeah fun collection um, and then moving into Milan, um, I'm going to start out with my, with my big one because I'm just so excited to talk about it. So Prada. Is this the, like, this one was the one talked you about have been shows. waiting for. I've been waiting for it. It's like, it's been talked about for, for weeks. Um, so this was the first appearance from Utah Prada and Raph Simmons together. Um, so just a little bit of a backstory. Simmons was announced in February and its appointment started April 1st of this year. But they were not able to set up together because we were all in mm-hmm. lockdown. Um, so it kind of condensed the time for, the, for them to pr- prepare their debut collection. And they were also not able to show in person at the Prada Foundation, which was they were going to do together. And it was a huge, you know, huge extravaganza. Um, so they did this video together that was 35 minutes long. So initially I was like, why is the video almost 40 minutes long? Like, <laughs> I don't understand. Um, so the first about 15 minutes of the video is all of the looks. And um, I thought it was really interesting how they did this. So there were 40 looks. Um, the set behind so the floor, the walls, everything was this like butterscotchy yellow, kind of like a caramely yellow color. Um, so it had these little like almost like chandelier looking. It had these like robotic, like four areas of robotic um, hanging from the ceiling and had six monitors. I'm like, I'm using my hand right now as I'm talking to Whitney. <laughs> you guys can't see it at all, but I'm like doing it to make it, me feel like I'm doing it justice. Had six like TV screen monitors and six cameras. And the cameras would move around, but they were all attached to one centerpiece. So it would like stay attached to the ceiling. So as each model walked around the room, it had their name on the screen, which I thought was really cool. And then during the actual filming of the show, you, you went to different angles of the models walking around. In and a weird like, way, oh. I feel like it kind of reminds me of like when you're watching football and you see the different cameras yes. like up above kind of moving, moving around like, and catching all whatever. of the different. Yeah. Yeah, it was really cool. Um, and one thing I thought was really neat about the entire thing is that it was every model's first time to walk. So it was every one of their like very first shows was this show. That's awesome. Um, so, of course, can you imagine my very first show was <laughs> Nisha Prada and Raph Simmons' first show together. It was wild. So they really, they walked around the room one by one. Um, the clothes were, a lot, there was lots of black, white, yellow, and then there were, there was a few like kind of like magenta purple things. 
um, punctured in, lots of 90s trousers. There was a pointed toe sling back and contrasting colors to the clothes. Like, for example, a model might have on like a turquoise shoe and like all black look or a purple shoe and a yellow and black and white look. So it was very contrasting what they had on. Um, shift dresses, um, lots of graphic hoodies, which is kind of outside of Mucha's wheelhouse as far as the show goes. Utility suiting. The suiting was really, really unique. Um, and lots of nylon, of course. And one of my favorite pieces, which is kind of an ode to what Raph similarly did at Jill Sonder, was the clutch coat. So it was this like yes. puffer coat that hung off the shoulders and each model like held it together in the center as she yes. walked. And I was like, I need it. I want it. So chic. <laughs> All of the clutches were kind of what stood out to me with this collection. Me too. That was like the standout. Yes. Because um, it was, and I don't know if it was just because, I don't know. It just gave like kind of like a sense of vulnerability for me. Like, are they, are they, is it because of the times that we're in? But it's kind of like protecting yourself. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't know. To it me, just, it was like that protection, but yeah. also like. You were protected, but your shoulders were bare. So it was almost like I'm willing, the vulnerability and the protection are working together in the same space. Yeah. Um, so I really thought that was, those were the standout pieces. And those came in a variety of different colors, white, mm-hmm. black, yellow. Um, and then there was also a nod to the Ugly Prince of Prada from 1996 on the kind of um, like the chain print kind of thing that Prada does so well, but it was all over like a windbreaker and a skirt or a top and a pant. It was from like, shoulder to ankle that same print there was a lot of good color blocking uh, one of my favorite looks was look 13 and it was like a bright orange holy turtleneck there was a lot of like holes in, in the in the tops and there was a, of course this like cozy gray v-neck cashmere sweater kind of bunched up over it a gray like 50s full skirt black belt and hot pink pointed Sling backs. It was just a really good use of, of color altogether. And you would never put it, I would never put that together, but it, it worked so well. And then against that like buttery yellow set, um, they are using the same Prada logo, but it kind of has a new edge. It's placed on the front neck or the, or the top very the front and center, center. And it's huge. It's like, yeah, I mean, it's probably like, I don't love six it. to eight inches. Well, I don't love it. That was the one <laughs> thing where I was like, I don't like it. I really don't like it. Um, so that was as far as the clothes. There were some modern Victorian, you know, of course, Mucha's like, she loves to use that Victorian shoe. She's done it before. This was kind of a blow up version of that, but it was a little bit younger. It was, it was fresh. It was fun. Um, but there were still some pieces for the older product crowd. You know, it was like, it was, I thought it was kind of a good mix of trying to do both at the same time for their first collection. So was it what you thought it was going to be? Are you happy with it? Like, what did you really think personally as a big Prada fan? I thought there were some good pieces. Um, I didn't really love the collection as a whole, mainly because I didn't like the logo. Yeah. And I didn't really care for the graphic hoodies. And I'm a huge hoodie fan. Like, I'm a, I'm a hoodie snob, like, yeah. to a T. So I didn't care for that. I didn't really like the, the ugly prints. I love the clutch coat. I, I really did love the shoes. Like, I want a pair. Yep. I don't know. I don't really know how I would make it work in my wardrobe, but I feel like I could make it work because they're just so unique and cool. And I think they're going to be a new product staple. Um I don't, I, I'm still a little bit eh, about it. I want to see some, I want to see more. I think I, yeah, I kind of, it kind of was over and I feel like, I feel like it was a little bit safe from both of them. 
um, because they both kind of use things that they knew they were good at and put it together, and yeah. which I thought was great. And there's, you know, of course, they have to learn how to work together, but I just wanted more when it was all said and done. Yep, I, I agree with you. I think the strongest things were the the clutch coats and then the shoes. Um, mm. But I, I kind of feel like they this was under I. This was kind of like underwhelming um, for yeah, their first debut. And I don't know if that's just because they really didn't have the time together to kind of work out some of the kinks and really collaborate in a way that elevates both of their work. Um, I feel like it was just kind of a, oh, we're going to put some stuff together and I guess we're going to do this. Um, and I right. think that they even felt that. Like I was kind of seeing comments yeah. where it was like, yeah, this is a work in progress. Um, so right. I don't think that it is the... Um, big blowout smash hit that they were hoping and expecting it to be. I think that it was um, maybe a little bit of a, a victim of the COVID times. I agree with you. And I think uh, what I do think they did well was so the first 15 minutes of the, sh- of the video was like the show. And the last about 20 minutes was them having a conversation. Mm-hmm. Socially distant, which I thought was hilarious. They're like on these little benches and they're sat and this big screen was in between them. They took questions from people all over the world. One of them being like a 10-year-old asking um, about dreaming to be a fashion designer. And Mucho is like, look at as much art as you can, like for inspiration. It was just really cute. Like they took all kinds of questions. Like how did you guys come to have this collaboration? You guys always wanted to work together. And they were both like, not really. It just kind of (laughs) happened. But one thing I do want to just mention before I go into scoring for this that I thought Raph Simmons did so well was he they were asked about the, the Prada uniform because Miucha is a stigler about she always has her uniform and it changes, you know, when she feels like changing it. And she kind of talked about that. She was like, right now my my uniform is a white V-neck sweater and a gray and a navy pleated skirt, and I'll wear that until I get tired of it, and I'll have a new uniform that I want to wear. That's kind of how she stays grounded while mm-hmm. she's creating. And Raph Simmons really talked about the new pro- the new Prada uniform as like having your uniform. And he he also talked about how he's worn Prada for years. He's always been a huge fan and he's he's always worn it. And so I think a great retail thing he talked about was having your uniform, having several several pieces of your uniform. So whether that's like having a you know 10 white button-down Prada shirts and 10 pairs of black Prada trousers that you want to have as your uniform and then amping it up with a jacket, a clutch coat, Mm -hmm. a pair of shoes, a bag. And I thought that was a really, really great way of portraying that and hit coming from him. Like, I don't know for me, that was like a light bulb moment of like, that's actually a really great idea. And why have I not thought about this? Having a uniform of, if I, if I could afford it, I'm going to have 10 Prada button ups and you know, 10, whatever, but um, I just thought it was a really a really cute way for them to talk about the new uniform and how to style that together. Um, so as far as scoring, I had two positive reviews. I had two points for a video and still photos. And then I had the special bonus of seven points. So I ended up with 11 for Prada. Okay. Did, did okay there. Um, and then moving on, since I've talked about that one for forever, um, <laughs> my, <laughs> my next one is Ferragamo. So during lockdown, designer Paul Andrew kind of went on this Alfred Hitchcock binge watching movies such as The Birds, Marnie, and Vertigo. Um, So he commissioned director Luca Guadagnino, who is an Academy Award winning filmmaker. This was like, I don't even know how 
this came to be to like hire this Oscar winning filmmaker to make his film. So at the beginning of lockdown, Paul Andrew wasn't sure he was going to be able to do a physical show. So he approached Luca about doing a short film for his, uh, for his new collection. So the short film kind of opened up. Um, it actually opened up their physical show in Milan. Cause this was my physical show. They actually had a show. So they did this whole movie or short film. And because they had it, that was what opened the whole show in Milan. So the, the, um, the short film is like shot in this open courtyard, very eerie, empty Milan with like all the new, new, new clothes, featured models and accessories. So they showed this, um, they showed the short film and then 30 looks walked down the runway. Co-ed looks, the color palette was inspired by the chromatic quality of Technicolor, which I thought was really interesting. So Technicolor is a series of color motion picture processes dating back to 1916. And it's like back when we used to like watch VHS tapes. I'm showing my age. But <laughs> but back when you used to see like Technicolor and it'd be like that blocked color on it from like blue, purple, red, orange, yellow, green. All the way across, it was like these blocks. So he really used that as his palette to work from, which I thought was kind of interesting since he was using doing a short film to start with. Um, as far as the clothes, there was a really, really cool hourglass black leather dress. That was my favorite look from the entire collection. Lots of flowy silk women's looks, suiting, trench coats, leather bags, things you would expect from Ferragamo. I thought it was a pretty safe collection. But I feel like that's kind of the theme for this fashion month. Everybody's kind of doing what they're good at because... We've been in lockdown and let's just do what we know is going to gonna sell for <laughs> us. Um, but his idea for the show was less but better. It's our way forward. So it was cute. The, there was lots of good color, lots of good feathers and knitting. So um, it was it was sweet. So as far as scoring, I had two positive reviews. There were men's and women's wear. So I had one point there. Um, two points for video and still photos. But the models were less than six feet apart. So negative two points. But again, I got the special bonus. I'm a plus seven, so I ended up with 10. So did pretty pretty good there. Not too bad. Uh, We're doing okay so far. And then last but not least, I have Fendi. And um, I just, I've loved Fendi for a long time. And I don't own any Fendi, similar to Valentino. I like love both of them, but I don't own any. So it's super weird. Um, So this was also an in-person show with 130 guests. Which to me was like, ah! Yeah, it was big. But they did announce that it's only 10% of the attendance of a normal Fendi show. That's crazy to think that that many people go to the show. I'm like, oh my God, there's 1,300 people at your show. Okay. I guess so. Um, one thing I thought was really sweet was that Kim Jones was in attendance. Um, and as we've mentioned, he's set to take over women's wear next year. And when they asked him about being at the show, he said, I'm here to celebrate Sylvia. I love this woman. It was so sweet. He just was very to the point. We just like, I love her. I'm here to celebrate her. I wanted to come be here to support. So the theme of this show was was titled The Beauty of the Small Things. Um, So it was really through Sylvia Venturi Fendi's appreciation. She saw during lockdown, like looking out her window and seeing blue sky and, and trees and bark and Time is spent with family, traditions, and finding meaning in not only fashion, but objects and fabric and pieces. So she did a really good job at portraying to her audience why fashion is meaningful. And even if you're at home, you still need to look good. <laughs> Which I thought was really cute and fun. Because of course she did. 
Yeah. And she came out and said, in such a dramatic in such a dramatic moment, I think that talking about fashion only in terms of clothes is not appropriate. I believe it's more relevant to talk about values connected to fashion. And in my case, being raised in my family, fashion is something absolutely meaningful. So she really, really brought this full circle back to her family and then made you connect with it. And um, she also said that the show reminded her of Carl because he had a love for bed linen. So they had a big collection of bed linen. So it was kind of this ode to him in a way, again, which I think is great because he really left his footprint there. So I think it's really cool that she keeps kind of incorporating things that he loved into these future collections without him being here. Um, something I thought was also really fun was that the show invitation included Fendi's um, grandmother's lemon pesto recipe in two packs of F logo pasta shapes. So you could like go <laughs> home, like fun. cook this Fendi pasta. Yeah, it was really cute. As if anyone that probably attended the show eats pasta. I'm sure yeah, they like, are not do on the like, carb on your shelf. I know, I know. It was so funny. So as far as the as far as the clothing, there were 68 looks. She always does a you know a big collection, whether it's under lockdown or not. Very ethereal. All the reviews mentioned just very angelic, very ethereal, um, very feminine, powerful, romantic. There were there were lots of these. Um, my favorite pieces of the collection was there would be like a white knit like hot shorts and and spaghetti strap kind of tight top and there'd be this like barely dyed linen sheer thing over it or um that was like that was like very thin and it's almost like you dipped it in coffee the bottom of it and then you threw it on over it was very very cool lots of cotton and silk lace of course there was mink fur which i'm like eye rolling at I'm like sylvia yeah. we gotta get away from the mink fur <laughs> i'm literally pounding my fists together right now I mean, they'll be one of the last ones to fall on that. They will be because it's such a huge part of their DNA. Yeah. They're going to have to figure out how to cater to that expensive customer without having that be a part Mm -hmm. of that portion of their business. So that was disappointing, but not surprising. Um, I thought this was an interesting way for them to segue because last season they did this bedroom to boudoir kind of collection. And now it's like just bedroom, like loungewear PJs kind of stuff. Um, there were some really, really amazing all white looks, especially the men's stuff. There were like these amazing like white cape coats that was over like a white button down and a white jacket and white pants and white shoes and a white hat. It was just a really, really strong male look. Um, lots of gloves. The peekaboo bag is back. Um, it, it came back last season and it was back on the runway. Very sweet. I mean, it was almost like how I described it was it was super heavenly with a little bit of punch. So <laughs> it was just. It was, it was, it was, I thought it was a stronger show from her than I've seen. I really enjoyed it because sometimes I'm like, mm, but I like this one a lot. As far as scoring, I had two positive reviews. There were men's and women's, so I had one point there, two points for video and still photos. Um, review mentions, mentioned distance, so I had plus three points there. Use of fur, though, negative one point for use of mink fur. Um, but although the review mentioned that being distant, guests did stand six feet apart or stand within six feet before the show outside. So oh. negative two points there. There's all these photos of them like grouped together. And then it's like, yeah. what? <laughs> With no masks on, but okay. And then I did get the special bonus of plus seven. So I ended up with, with 12 points still for Fendi. So. So still quite a few. I did pretty good. So that brings your so, Milan total to? 233. Very strong. Very yeah. strong for Milan. Okay. So what about you? Well, I had a surprise. Um, so Carolina Herrera actually showed a collection. 
So yes, <laughs> surprise. Yes, she did. Didn't know that was going <laughs> to happen. We were we were just happy with the video of Wes Gordon and Carolina Herrera just having a conversation earlier, but um, they followed up with a actual collection um, that was shot at the Williamsburg Savings Bank in Brooklyn. And it was gorgeous. Like the, the collection itself was just beautiful. Um, Wes Gordon was really going for the idea of, you know, women are going to come back and want to dress up and have it be a formal occasion. So there's no loungewear here. Um, and then shooting it in the Williamsburg Savings Bank, it was just, it, it was a gorgeous backdrop um, without kind of overshadowing the clothes. So I think that I am becoming a big fan of Wes Gordon and what he's doing at this house. I I just Mm. love the collection. There were some um, oversized shoulders, a lot of dress dress embellishments that kind of had this fan theme. So whether it was kind of like a fan kind of upward facing um, across the chest or, you know, kind of like the way that you would splay out a fan like on the side um, that kind of carried throughout the collection there were exaggerated sweetheart necklines um, that, that also kind of carried through, but it was in a very refined way because, like, I'm not a fan of like a sweetheart neckline at all. Um, but this was really beautiful. He, of course, had some of the house codes incorporated. There were some gorgeous prints and some polka dots, which, like, love. I I love the polka dots too, but I feel like he does them in a very refined way because Me so too. often it can look like very cheesy. Like very like outdated. Yeah. Like, but he does yeah. it in just a, a very, very good way. Um, but kind of some differences that I noticed too that I liked were a lot of separates and flat lace-up derbies and Mary Janes. So a lot of like really chic kind of cool flat shoes that, I don't know, it, they almost gave like a youthfulness to this collection, um, especially when combined with some of the shorter hemlines. So it wasn't all just kind of like formal more formal cocktail dresses. It was, it was just a little bit more young and kind of like spunky. So it was, it was just really beautiful collection. I really enjoyed it. Um, but it did kind of help me because I had reviews. <laughs> so, I got a, so I got an additional two points. So, Hey, I'll take it. So it helps 100%. with my New York score. Okay. Moving into actual Milan. So first up, I'm going to talk about Valentino, which was my physical show. And it's, I think, important to note that this was the first time that the brand showed in Milan, even though it is very Italian. Yeah, they always Mm -hmm. show in Paris. But due to COVID and kind of wanting to be um, protective of their staff, they wanted to show in Milan and to kind of show their support for Italy. So this collection, I feel like we've talked about it before, where um, Pier Paolo, while he is a critic starling, he's had a tough time connecting to a more grounded, ready to wear that the customer, like the the everyday customer would be able yeah. to purchase and kind of had a tough time translating what works so well for him on the red carpet to something that people can wear in more of their everyday life. But I think with this collection, he's starting to find his groove with that. Me too. Um, it I was, was pleased. Yeah, it was it was a lot more like, oh, you're kind of capturing that magic, but I can wear this and not feel completely overdressed when I'm, you know, going about my life. So he said that he um kind of really wanted to work on um reworking some of the house 
codes, but he didn't say it in like that way. For him, it was resignification, according to Vogue. <laughs> so he had a fancy way of I kind of saying he like, would say that. <laughs> yes, that I'm basically just like reworking some stuff. <laughs> but that um, it kind of materialized itself in um, what stood out to me the most were just these exaggerated oversized studs so we all know the kind of like the what is it, the rock star like stud that you see like on the heels yes. and on the bags the bags yeah but they're always you know super tiny um these were huge and they looked so fresh on the bags and on the flats um on the shoes like that kind of like came up and they went around the ankle i thought that they looked mm-hmm. awesome like i would totally rock those Um, But he said that he was, like, focusing more on the house's identity versus aesthetics. So getting back to the codes. Um, But, yeah, just in a a more casual way, there were some relaxed silhouettes, some oversized shirts, some loose dresses. That was my favorite. Yeah. oversized hot pink shirt. I'm like, need that. Yes. There you go. This might be. See, this is your way to, like, intro into wanting to get a piece. Um, And some denim, too which I feel like is new for them. Um, But still, you know, like I said, like some of the things that we've come to love from them, some laser kind of like lace cutouts um, was a major theme for both men's and women's. And I also really liked the wide fishnet sweaters and the shorts, which I thought were fun. Um, Kind of used a bold um, primary color palette and there were some floral prints mixed in. But all in all, I was like, yay, good for you. You kind of found a way to mix it both together and come up with a collection that I think is going to be purchased and worn, yeah. which is what you want. But I think for me, like personally, because I'm such a fan of his, I think his, he normally gives us fantasy world. Mm-hmm. And I think so many people have tried to give us fantasy this, this year, mm-hmm. not just this season, but this year. But I think he kind of flipped it on its head and was like, I'm going to give them reality of more like things that are more attainable things that they can really wear. And to me, I was like, that was really smart. I thought. Yeah. So it was super smart. Um, Really liked it. So in terms of scoring, I had two positive reviews. So there was two points there, video and stills. So another two points showed menswear and womenswear. So plus one. And then I got the special bonus of plus seven. So all in all 12 points. So solid showing from them. Next up for my digital show, I had Giorgio Armani. Um, Again, not a a designer or um, a brand that I tend to follow that much. So it was fun to kind of jump into this. So he decided to do a video um, that was entitled Building Dialogues. And this was kind of split into two different parts. So part one was a shorter video that was shown on Armani's digital platforms and Camera Della Moda. And then the second part was a little bit of a longer video entitled Timeless Thoughts, and that aired on um, Italy's like national TV channel. So, <laughs> so very much a part of their culture. Um, yes. So I'm going to focus more on the um, part one, um, which was shown on their digital platform. So kind of in keeping with house codes, definitely a neutral monochromatic color palette. Um, So really what this video was, was just kind of different scenes of, I would say probably 20 models or so 
um, moving through this different, um, through different spaces of what I found out later um, was their Milan office. Cause I was like, what office park are they in? But it, it was their own office park. Um, so they just kind of have them moving and running and kind of like all of these choreographed dances and, you know, staging. I kind of just felt like it was um, almost like a theatrical show where I'm just watching choreographed dances and movements. Right. Um, but the clothes themselves were really beautiful. A lot of airy chiffons and linens and light cottons. Um, the way that I would just sum it up is it just felt weightless and light. Everything just felt really easy to move. And um, I just, I thought that it was just really pretty. Um, but it was, it was just kind of funny because they're just running around this completely like post-apocalyptic office park, <laughs> which that's kind of what like all of the office parks of yeah. today are. Like, I'm sure that they do look like ghost towns. I'm sure that it, it does feel very weird. Desolate, because, yeah. Yeah, like where, where are all the people? Um, <laughs> but it just, I was just like, it's like COVID hit and they were just stuck at the office. Um, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but it was, it was fun. Um, again, I liked the clothes probably more than I was anticipating to like them, but in terms of scoring, I had one positive review and I, I uh. only gave myself one there because the Vogue review was a little bit more neutral, but it was, I think more of the, it was more criticism around the way that the video was shot rather than the clothes themselves. They okay. didn't like kind of like the jerky movements of, you know, splicing here, cutting here. Like they wanted to take a better look at the clothes rather than just these fast cuts of, you know, people running around. So I get that. I thought it wasn't really an attack on the clothes. So yeah. So we'll call it a neutral review. Neutral. <laughs> Um, they did have a video in stills of the clothes, so you could see some of the detail afterwards. So two points there. Did show menswear and womenswear, so plus one. Um, within the video, though, they were within very close proximity to each other. So a big old minus two. Um, but they did have the special bonus, so plus seven. So in total, right. ended up with nine points. Yeah, look at you. I know. I'm smelling a comeback. Um, <laughs> honestly. honestly. <laughs> All right. Last but not least was Etro. So this was my freebie. Um, and with this collection, um, Veronica Etro said that, you know, Italy really proved to be the inspiration for the collection. Um, she was quoted as saying it started during lockdown. Like everyone else, I was at home cleaning. <laughs> <laughs> and my mom and I restored <laughs> an old record player and started listening to these old Neapolitan songs. And we were bewitched by the serenity, the timelessness, and the elegance. Then I started thinking about a trip I took in 2019 to Capri, Naples, and Positano. And maybe because we were so patriotic during that period, I thought, okay, let's make the collection all about Italy. So all about Italy works for me. Um, there were fewer looks though than their typical shows. So she said that she reduced it by about a third. Um, she was saying that she wanted to avoid waste, but I mean, reducing it by a third, there were still like 39 looks. So yeah, there was, there was still, still a lot. lot. Um, but it was, you know, 
kind of what you would expect from Metro, like lots of colorful prints. Um, but I think some of their strongest looks um, that looked kind of like the freshest from them were their more tonal pieces. So like there was an all white jumpsuit that had kind of a cream trench and then a navy suit. And then there was this buttercream um, dress with a crisp white overshirt. So they were really nice interjections among all of kind of like the crazy prints. The crazy patterns. That yeah. Sometimes with Etro shows, I'm like, my eyes like, oh. are like, I literally, I can't. <laughs> exactly. It was just like too yeah. much. But those I felt like it was like a nice like, ah, oh, you can just It was like of, a palette cleanser yeah. in between all of the craziness. Yeah. yeah. And they, they were really pretty. Um, so mm. in terms of scoring here. Two positive reviews, so plus two. Um, a video and stills, plus two there. They recycled prints from the archive. So that's um, one that we haven't heard. I'm kind of surprised that we haven't had as much recycling as like we thought we were going I am to too, this season. We've had a few, but I'm surprised we have not. Yeah, but recycled prints, so I'll take it, plus three. Um, the review does mention safety precautions, so plus three. But people were definitely within six feet of each other. So negative two. (laughs) And then rounding it out, I did get a special bonus here. So plus seven. So in total, I ended up with 15 points. That's amazing. A kind of, yeah, kind of shocking. I don't think I would have guessed that I would have got 15 points off of them. From that. Yeah. So in total, that brings my Milan to 36 so i have 33 we're probably we're we're pretty close i would assume we're pretty tight so yeah so kind of going back with my revised score so 24 for new york 26 for london and 36 for milan um up against your 33 for new york 19 for london and 33 for milan puts us neck and neck going into (gasps) paris i have 86 points you have and 85. Have 85. <laughs> oh my god. I don't think we've ever been this close before. I know. To the last. This is I fun. know. So it really does all come down to Paris. So we've oh. got some good shows coming up though. So we've got Chanel, Margiela, and Loewe for me, and then Givenchy, which he has been teasing so much stuff. The new ad campaign. I'm like, where it? Where is it? I know. I so it. I'm I'm getting <laughs> very excited to see what's going to happen. I think it's going to be really good. I think think I'm probably going to like it more than I want to like it. I'm me too. I think it's going to be way more along the lines of like what Edie and Anthony Vaccarelli. I'm like, I'm I'm excited. Then you also have Chloe and Cecile Bonson. So we shall see next week. The dramatic conclusion of Game of Clothes (laughs) Spring 21. All right. Thanks so much for joining us again this time. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Ciao. Thanks for joining us on Runway Walk's Current Talks. A big thank you goes out to Troy and Quincy Taylor and TTU for composing our theme music. We love it and are so grateful that you let us use it. If you're looking for more RWCT, visit our website, runwaywalkscurrenttalks.com and find us on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And as always, please rate, review, and subscribe. We appreciate all the support.